Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard. This summer, we'll be traveling at an altitude of approximately two feet in a brand new Nissan. We invite you to enjoy the available panoramic views, premium seats in all rows, and connected tech, while avoiding baggage fees, layovers, and neck pillows. So fasten your seatbelts and enjoy nonstop routes to summer, because the best way to travel this season is in a new Nissan. And now is the best time to buy at the Nissan 4th of July sales event. Save up to $3,500 on the 2020 Nissan Rogue or get 0% APR financing on 13 models. Nissan, innovation that excites. For well-qualified buyers, 3500 on 2020 row consists of 3000 cash back and 500 bonus cash. Available on purchase. Must purchase from new dealer stock. See dealer for financing details. Call 1-888-858-8319 for offer and safety information details. Offers in 7-6-2020. This is Big Sean. Harmony. What's happening? This is Adam Levine from Maroon 5. I'm Calvin Harris. Yours truly, Jason Derulo. Hi, we're One Direction, and this is Gary Hoffman. This is Selena Gomez. This is Shannon Farron. This is Rihanna. Gary. What's up, guys? This is Justin Bieber. Shannon. And you are behind the scenes. Gary and Shannon. this email this morning from Princess Cruises. It's a graphic of Alaska oh, with nice. the words over the graphic, the anticipation builds. Yeah. Uh, prep for your upcoming vacation. Well, guess what, Princess? <laughs> that S has been canceled. A cruise to Alaska in June has what? now become a cabin in Lake Tahoe. <laughs> really? Yeah, my okay. mom called me last night. And was like, yeah, this isn't looking good. And I said, you know, I bet they cancel it or something. I mean, and it's Princess, right? And the two cruise ships affected a Princess. Right. But, I mean, I know they have a whole fleet. but And still. they're not the only ones. But, um, you know, like my dad would die if he got coronavirus. He has like 19 underlying health issues. You know, there's smart. just it's a, it's a smart decision, especially and, if dad's going with you. Yeah. And, and my dad's like, I don't want to be quarantined for two weeks, stuck with your mother in that room. <laughs> I mean, it could end in murder, suicide, truly. Maybe. I mean, when got... you've been married for 50 years and then suddenly you're stuck in a cruise room together for 14 days, that is not going to go well. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, they live in uh, opposite sides of the house. My husband and I are okay. We haven't been married for 50 years. I get, yeah. I mean, it. it's funny. I mean, the math on that is funny because you think 50 years, what's two more weeks? Uh, that could be the breaking point. But that, two weeks maybe that's together? the wrong attitude to have. Oh, man. Could you imagine being stuck in a room, like a small room this size with somebody for two oh, weeks? Oh, I don't even think it'd be this size, would it? I mean, this, well, is, we a, already, this is a spacious, this this studio would be a spacious that's true. cabin on true. a cruise liner. We've already had the discussion between the two of us that if we get quarantined in here, we're going to be on opposite sides of this wall right here yeah, so and have, have a no talk rule. You. And I don't know how. So to, I don't have to look at you. No, no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> I mean. I'm so sorry. I'd break out the window and have a patio at least <laughs> totally. so I can sit out there where that bird was dismantled by other <laughs> birds. Uh, Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app on this Thursday, March 5th. A uh, couple of things 
to note about today's show. First of all, we are going to update what's going on downtown L.A. in the Robert Durst murder trial. And Chris Ancarlo is planning on coming back in. He's in court and he's going to be following this case. And we're going to check in with him regularly. So we'll talk with him a little bit later in the show. Also, Dr. Barbara Ferrer uh, is going to join us, the L.A. County Public Health Director. And this is the expectation is that we're going to do this at least uh, for the foreseeable future. She's going to come on and talk about coronavirus, not because it's a particularly large problem in L.A. yet. It's that we need to make sure that the information that we're getting out there is accurate. It's important and probably most importantly that it is representative of the size of the problem, uh, that we do things that are proportional, that we make sure that we don't spread panic or fear, but that we spread factual information about what's going on. That being said, it's time to burn all cruise ships. Yeah, they've got another cruise ship that is off our coastline here because they're awaiting testing of those aboard. There was a passenger that we told you about yesterday on an earlier voyage on the same ship. This was a voyage from San Francisco to Mexico. That person did. Uh, This ship went back to port and was slated to go to Hawaii, which it did. But here's the thing. Since that person that was on the earlier voyage died, they're worried that this ship is contaminated, despite the fact that they do clean it thoroughly in between these cruises, obviously. But what about the crew? The crew stays on board, and already some crew members are showing symptoms. Yeah, there is a concern. The Coast Guard is expected to deliver these test kits out to the Grand Princess out off the coast of San Francisco. Um, the the Princess Cruise Company, which is based right up there in Valencia, has not said exactly how many people are on board, but the we know 3, that... 3,500. So it's 3,500. That's just almost I'm at sorry, capacity. sorry, 2,500. So that's less than capacity. Capacity, they say, is about 3,650 passengers and crew. And as of right now, they say fewer than 100 have actually been identified for testing. Those would be people who uh, had been on perhaps at the same time that that guy was on, have started to show symptoms of of the discomfort, the flu-like symptoms, the temperature, that sort of thing. 21 people have developed symptoms, 11 passengers and 10 crew members. And, yeah, there are people who live on a cruise ship for like six months that go on all of the trips. I know I couldn't do it either, but there are people that live that life. (sighs) Gavin Newsom has declared a state of emergency. I wanted to play that for you. We'll play this again later on as well. But um, Gavin Newsom, the governor, came out yesterday and in his just ridiculously frustrating style, spoke English, we think, if you can take out all of the pauses. As you may know. Why do you speak like Like that? that? As you may know. As of today, and I say as of today at this hour, uh, we have 33 confirmed positive tests of the virus. Five individuals have subsequently moved out of state. So there are 28 people that we know in the state of California uh, that are positive. The case yesterday, understandably, generated a lot of attention, but didn't surprise any of the folks standing to my left or right. We knew this was inevitable as it relates to the nature, the epidemiology, the nature of these viruses, that that incident would occur. Accordingly, uh, when hearing about it, 
uh, we initiated a series of protocols that we were prepared to advance. Again, the state of emergency for the state, the states of emergency for L.A. County, Orange County, uh, the city of Pasadena, the city of Long Beach, they're not necessarily indicative that this is a massive problem like we've seen in places like Washington State or specifically in Kirkland, Washington, or in South Korea, the largest outbreak outside of China. But it does allow the resources to flow into these areas to make sure that we can have things like uh, emergency hospitals set up if necessary. We can have more money coming in for medical equipment that's going to be necessary and could potentially run out. So those types of things are available. The emergent, again, we meant, talked about this yesterday, labeling this a state of emergency for L.A. County can be panic-inducing, but there's no really good word for what it is that they're talking about. They want to uh, they want to unlock the cabinets and and get everything prepositioned to make sure that this doesn't explode into something nasty. I'm interested to see where they're going to dock this cruise ship. The Coast Guard is going to deliver test kits to the ship by helicopter. A medical team on board will then administer the tests. Then they're going to send those tests by helicopter to Richmond. But I mean, if this thing docks in San Francisco or Los Angeles, that's going to be trouble because, you know, homeless. Well, remember the the reason that the other Princess Cruise Liner was docked in Japan. Well, I mean, that's where it was supposed to go anyway. But it was the Japanese health authorities that said no one is getting off that ship until we tell them they're coming off that ship. Yeah. It was because Japan was trying to protect Japan, not the people on the ship. But remember what a cluster the testing was on board that ship and how there were people, how they they didn't have the red zone and the green zone. And it was a complete failure of who was sick and who wasn't sick. And that's why people left that cruise ship and were still sick. Um, there's a passenger there on board this one, Sherry Harris. She says she's confined to her room because she was a passenger on the previous voyage. She said on Wednesday, yesterday, they were going to examine us today, but that never happened. I guess they're waiting for the CDC to say what to do after we get to San Francisco. She says she's not happy about being confined, but luckily my husband and I like each other. (laughs) Um, On another part of the ship, there's a guy by the name of Mark Pace and his wife, Beth, they're celebrating her birthday on the cruise. They uh, they are from Florida. They said that they were not confined to their rooms as of last night. The cruise ship had canceled its theater shows, but the casino was open. Well, that's a Wait lot a of minute. surfaces. That's stupid. And the husband says, we are a little nervous about it. We knew it was a possibility. We came prepared with two weeks of extra medication. That was not something that I wanted to do. Go into a vacation. I was just going to say, well, there's a chance that I'm going to be here for two weeks confined to my room with a deadly virus. If there's if that thought crosses your mind of I better pack for quarantine, maybe (laughs) Maybe, you think that maybe you postpone it a year. Yeah, Talk to Shannon's mom. Maybe she'll talk you out of going on a cruise. Just maybe. Oh, you know, we should do. We come back. So everybody's been freaking out about the hand sanitizer and they can't find Clorox wipes and everything. How about this? How about we give you a recipe to make your own hand sanitizer? We'll bring out the Gary and Shannon craft desk oh. and the health craft desk. Um, also, it's not a good scene in Washington right now. Washington State? Yeah. Mm.
Not a good scene at all. You, also, Starbucks, you can't bring your cup. Your cups oh, I in. saw that. You can't bring your nasty ass cups into Starbucks <laughs> to have them fill it. You can still bring it in. Right. They ain't touching it. Right. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. <laughs> KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. While the economic ripples from the coronavirus continue to spread, looks like airlines might lose about $113 billion. Flights right now, P.S., super cheap. I just got an email from uh, the president of Alaska Airlines um, because I'm a mileage member there. And it was a simple explanation. Listen, we, we make sure every... Plane is sanitized. Anybody who shows symptoms or anything like that, we are in, you know, in uh, contact with all of our health officials at the different airports that we serve, especially in and in and around Seattle, since there are international flights that come in and out of there. And then said, "And we're in our biggest fair sale ever, ninety nine bucks it's to ni- Hawaii." Yeah, right now it's ninety nine dollars to Hawaii. That's in not May. bad. Yeah. Um, so in Washington, they are starting to close offices, telling people to work from home. Amazon, Facebook, Microsoft. At least 39 coronavirus cases have been reported in the Seattle area. They say the virus has been circulating up there undetected for weeks. And it's getting crazy in Kirkland. There's a cashier who works at the Whole Foods there. He says, I can't kiss my kids. I'm worried about my family, worried that if I die, what will they do? Then there's a guy by the name of Doug Evanson. He's in his late 50s. He's an Uber driver. He says, it's not the Holocaust. It's not Armageddon. I don't get why I need to go out and buy cases of drinking water when I can just turn on the tap. Smart point. He has been frequently dropping healthcare workers at that nursing home that Mm. serves as ground zero. Well, I'm assuming that his uh, Uber business is about to go through the floor when people are like, Doug, Doug is my Uber driver? Next. (laughs) Yeah. Um, they said that Kirkland, uh, it's funny that they describe it. It's a suburb just east of Seattle known for its folksy downtown and spectacular lakefront views. Um, I lived there. Uh, I guess it wasn't technically in the city of Kirkland. Our mailing address was Bothell, but that's where we would go shopping. That's where all of our stores were and the movie theater and everything was in Kirkland. What about folksy? But it is a suburb. That's the thing is it's, it's one of those areas where, um, I guess the assumption is that this wouldn't be an issue, but it's specifically not just Kirkland in general. It's that one rest home. It's that one care facility that is really the true epicenter of all of what's been going on in Washington state. Well, there is another one now, Evergreen Health Medical Center. Well, that's the hospital that they've been taken to. Okay, so they start at Life Center. Right. They, they get bad enough, they take them to the hospital, and the hospital is where And that's where, where your dying. daughter was born. And that's where the daughter was born. That's why you're this... So, you're so close to getting it. That's why it means so much to me. I went on Twitter so many times yesterday and said, ugh, could you imagine? I felt so close. This is really hitting home to me because... 18 years ago, I was in that same hospital. People do love to make it about themselves. Man, it's been... 
Oh, I saw something so rich on Instagram that I did. I think I shared it with Nick, but I haven't showed it to you yet. But people taking like boob shots and then making it about coronavirus. Like, look at my boobs. Hashtag down below these are my lungs, which (laughs) if I had a lung issue, I would be susceptible to coronavirus. Oh, my God. (laughs) Please don't. That is Isn't ridiculous. That ridiculous. Well, I mean, we all guys. Know- if you're gonna if you're gonna take pictures of your if you need attention, all right? Yeah. And you're gonna take pictures of your boobs and put it on Instagram for everyone to see. That's one thing. But don't freaking hashtag coronavirus. All right. That's too far. It's too far. Yeah, but are you? You're asking people. Well, you're asking people to show some amount <clears throat> of of awareness. And that type of a picture is is almost <laughs> too aware, I suppose. All right, let me get you into the uh, Gary and Shannon homemade craft desk. Oh, I can't wait. If you need hand sanitizer, which sometimes, by the way, depending on which one you're using, will not protect you against coronavirus, but it will keep you clean, right, and you feel better. If you need to make hand sanitizer and there's none at the store, I'll tell you how you can do it. Ready? All you need, all you need is rubbing alcohol or ethanol, 99% rubbing alcohol, right? You get those, you probably already have some in the bathroom maybe. And then aloe vera gel. Mm. That you can also get, right? That's it. That's all you need. It's a two-to-one solution Two counts or two portions of the rubbing alcohol and one portion of the aloe vera gel. So depending on how much you think you need, you can make it two buckets worth of rubbing alcohol and one bucket of aloe vera gel or two cups of rubbing alcohol and one cup of aloe vera gel. And then you can put whatever essential oil or goo or whatever thing in it to make it smell good. But it's that simple. Two to one rubbing alcohol, aloe vera gel. Stop worrying. Stop it. Stop worrying. Are you talking to yourself right now? Kind of. Yeah. I'm just saying it out loud just so that. You have more exposed skin today than you have uh, the rest of the week. You were pretty bundled. Much, you were like Ralphie from A Christmas Story all week. And well, for some when reason, I came in here yesterday and I had a dress on, you looked at me like I was a, 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 a lunatic. Like I, I was a crazy person. Like how... What are you thinking? Why do you have exposed skin uh, while you sat there in your snowsuit? But today you're wearing short sleeves, yes. which is appropriate because all week it's been 80 degrees. Right. Um, but today you're in short sleeves, which I feel like is a sign of your growing confidence that you're not going to get this. Am I correct? I think so. I think so. Uh, although it was not very reassuring to walk in the building today and see the COVID-19 <laughs> sign out in front of the elevators, what to do if you're sick with coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a cover my ass move from the company, I would I would think. And is there no one? Listen, if I started coughing, if I coughed more than once, I would leave the room for two reasons. Number one, if I did have something, I wouldn't want to give it to anybody. And second, I wouldn't want people to go, oh, my gosh, is he dying? But people around here just cough willy-nilly. People they don't care. are also not coming to work. I thought it was just that the sales staff was the sales staff, and they're just kind of. Wow. 
All right. All right. Coming up next, yeah. Elizabeth Warren starts crying. She's out. She's done. Oh, I got to get that stupid goodbye letter ready. Oh, that was she was yours. Yeah, she was my last one. I think. All right. I think I'm. I don't think I have anybody left. Gary and Shannon will continue in a moment. Do you turn it up? Do you sing along every time you hear that song? Like we did then. Like we did when. Do you close your eyes? Does it make you laugh? Do the memories take you back? To six packs in a Chevy Cheyenne. Way back when I was Jack and you were dying. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Nothing to see here, folks. Just move it along. Although today the World Health Organization is urging global governments to pull out all the stops against coronavirus. <laughs> Nothing to see here, huh? Um, the uh, Did you know that South Korea says that they're now testing 10,000 people a day? South Korea. Now, they, they've seriously been hit by this. There's a secure, I mean, a serious outbreak, the largest one outside of China. And they have ramped up their efforts to, to test 10,000 people per day, if not necessarily to... Uh, to cure anybody, it's just to get a handle on how widespread this may be. You know what we don't know anything about? North Korea. This thing could be all over North Korea. Uh, yeah, because they do have travel back and forth from North Korea to China. Um, the uh, the $8.3 billion measure that's been making its way through Congress is expected to be voted on in the Senate and uh, will probably be up on the president's desk by later today. Uh, locally, by the way, the one race that we were most interested in locally from Tuesday's primary was for Los Angeles County District Attorney Jackie Lacey running for reelection. She right now, according to the last count, 532,583 votes. That's 50.14%. She needs 50% plus one. She needs a simple majority to avoid a runoff with George Gascon. George Gascon came in second. Uh, with about 27%, I believe it is. When you add his votes and assume that Rachel Rossi would get most of, well, if you assume that he gets all of her votes, he would have 49.8% and Jackie Lacey would have 50.14. Wow. So that's if those numbers hold. She will not have to have a runoff. But if she does, that's going to be quite a fight. Well, Elizabeth Warren has ended her Democratic presidential bid. Disappointing Super Tuesday for her, not even winning her home state of Massachusetts, finishing third behind Biden and Sanders. She told supporters today she refuses to let disappointment blind her. So I announced this morning uh, that I am suspending my campaign for president. Um... I say this with a deep sense of gratitude for every single person who got in this fight, every single person who tried on a new idea, every single person who just moved a little in their notion of what a president of the United States should look like. Um, I, I agree with her. I mean, I think it's great that uh, that at least the Democratic primary field started out very diverse. But you don't then get to say that you are the party of diversity when the last two left standing are old white guys. That's a concern. Somebody actually asked her about whether or not she would endorse or or if she's going to take this opportunity 
out in front of her house there in Massachusetts to endorse anybody. Will you be making an endorsement today? We know that you spoke with both Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders yesterday. Uh, not today. Not today. I need some space around this, and I and want to take a little time to think a little more. Well, here's- I've been I've been spending a lot of time right now on the question of suspending and also making sure that this works as best we can. So here is the question: You would think that she would endorse Bernie Sanders; that they line up, although not identically, the most similarly when it comes to politics. However, what if she gets on the phone to Joe Biden? And says, hey, put me as your running mate. You get a woman and you get the progressive votes. It's a smart chip for her to play. Yes, it is. I don't know if if Joe Biden believes that she would be a strong enough running mate. But it is clear to me that's exactly what she said in that answer. Yeah, absolutely. She is stronger than Pete Buttigieg or Amy Klobuchar, who are the other options there, uh, early options. I mean, you're still missing color. You're still missing color, but at least you get a woman on there. And you get a progressive. Well, I mean, it depends if she's still going for the whole American Indian thing. Probably throw that in there. I think that's uh, that's gone. Long gone. Um, the other thing is that she geographically eats into the the Northeast that Bernie Sanders has held for so long and did so well in terms of performance. Now, that's not to say I mean, she went she ended up third in her home state. That's that's not a good showing. But the fact that she's from that area, we could be a difference. Yes. And we have talked about Bernie Sanders people being so reluctant to to vote for Joe Biden. That is how you get some of the Sanders people in, I think, on that vote. She did say uh, that one of the things that she realized after Super Tuesday and in the last couple of days was that she believed there was room for a candidate between Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden. So she's positioning herself somewhere in between those two guys, as opposed to heavily leaning on Bernie Sanders when it comes to philosophy and ideology. So it'll be interesting to see. The one thing you mentioned this um, that I thought was a little frustrating to listen to was, well, first of all, an excited Elizabeth Warren is hard to listen to on her rallies, but a really sad Elizabeth Warren was also hard to listen uh, I to. I stood at voting booth and I looked down and I saw my name on the ballot and I thought, wow, kiddo, you're not in Oklahoma anymore. <laughs> uh, that it really was a moment of thinking about how my mother and dad, if they were still here, would feel about this. Um, I had gotten a long email from my nephew and uh, how proud his dad, my brother, is and how they were all had their plans to vote and had met other people. And it is. It's these long ties. Um, for that moment standing in the booth, I miss my mom and my daddy. Um, yeah, that's hard. Gender um, in this race, you know. That is the trap question for every woman. Um, yeah. It, I've been there before where I'm frustrated and I'm trying not to cry, but I need to get words out. And your voice does this weird thing. It goes to this weird place and it's really hard to listen to. <laughs> I mean, I've been there before, but. And I wonder, listen, I, I think this about Amy Klobuchar, Elizabeth Warren, uh, Pete Buttigieg, anybody who's dropped out in the last two or three weeks, Tom Steyer, even uh, Michael Bloomberg. Is there 
there's got to be a sense of relief. There's got to be a sense of what my weekend just opened up as opposed to doing seven campaign stops in five different states and shaking hands with people I don't want to shake hands with coronavirus and all, you know, all of this pre-planned stuff that you do not want to have to do. Now you just get to kind of relax. And Elizabeth Warren gets, I mean, it's not like she's going back to nothing. She has a job. She is a sitting senator. So, I don't know. I, you know I, what I really want to spend some time talking about during Swamp Watch is Jill Biden and how she's Joe Biden's bodyguard. Did you see that tackle? Yes. So it, the first protester storms the stage. From the let, let Jerry die people. tries to get in between the protester and Joe, which is what a bodyguard does. Then she like turns around and is eyeing the rest of the crowd and sees a woman try to take the stage and she freaking tackles this girl. Yeah. Gets in between Joe and, and the protester again. It's great. Now, listen, Joe actually was asked about that on the Today Show today, and we'll yeah. play that sound coming up I in Swamp Watch. Yeah. Because it raised the question to me, I thought vice presidents, past and present, get Secret Service. Yeah. They don't. After like six months, they don't get Secret Service protection. Right. So uh, he, as a candidate, can get Secret Service protection, but it has to go through the process. They have to either request it or Congress basically has to approve it, depending on how popular they are. So that question of Secret Service protection for candidates is uh, top of mind in D.C. right now. All right. We don't talk about abortion on the show for a variety of reasons, but it looks like the chief justice of the United States, John Roberts, went after Chuck Schumer because it sounded like Chuck Schumer was threatening the Supreme Court. And you won't believe the audio that we have to play from one of the abortion rights groups. No matter how you feel. Hey, I was going to say issue. That's exactly right. It's ridiculous. If you. Uh, anyway, we'll play it when we come back. Gary and Shannon. I recognize my sneeze. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. A bunch of stories that we have been following. We'll revisit the uh, coronavirus issue coming up at the top of the hour, specifically locally. Uh, we have an LAX screener who was checking people for coronavirus who is still under isolation. Uh, and then more about that cruise ship that's uh, off the coast of San Francisco waiting for tests to be done before it's going to be allowed to dock. Uh, we'll also keep an eye on Capitol Hill, the $8.3 billion measure to help fight coronavirus uh, is expected to be voted on in the Senate and then head to the president's desk for signature. Speaking of the Senate, Ch- Chuck Schumer. Yes, there was a pro-choice rally hosted by the Center for Reproductive Rights that Chuck Schumer spoke about. And he went after two Supreme Court justices about abortion hitting Supreme Court. Republican legislatures are waging a war on women, all women. And they're taking away fundamental rights. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. Sounds like a threat, doesn't it? You won't know what hit you if you... Go forward with these awful decisions. And by the way, they haven't made a decision yet. They just agreed to hear the case. Right. 
Um, he then took to the floor of the Senate today to say, eh. of course, I didn't intend to, to, to suggest anything other than political and public opinion consequences for the Supreme Court. Okay. And it is a gross distortion to imply otherwise. So the reason he apologized today with his tail between his legs is because something happened that never happens. And that is the Chief Justice of the United States, John Roberts, issues this forceful response, calling the threatening remarks directed at them irresponsible and dangerous. It's very rare that John Roberts is going to weigh in on a politician's speech, right? Yeah. I mean, the president just a couple of days ago, if I'm not mistaken, he was in India when he said something about uh, Sonia Sotomayor and uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg should recuse themselves from any cases that have to do with the administration because they've already come out and said that they hate this guy or he's crazy or whatever. He didn't threaten violence against anybody. He just, I mean, it's he's wrong, but he did not threaten violence against these Supreme Court justices. Now, this pro-choice rally hosted by the Center for Reproductive Rights had an MC, and her name is escaping me right Renee now. Renee Bracey Sher- Sherman Sheeman. Okay. Uh, she's a lot. I cannot believe how the pro-choice people will allow people like this to lead their movement. So, my name is Renee Bracey Sherman, and I... Okay. Celebrating an abortion is not going to do you any good in this country and with your cause. She went on to say, Let's hear it for Senator Schumer! Let's hear it for all the people who have abortions! I'm sorry, did she just. Let's hear it for other people who have had abortions. Let's hear it for all the people who have abortions! Let's hear it for Wait, our trans folks who okay, have abortions. Okay. Where are Californians at? We got a couple. Yes, yes. All right. We have we have one right here. Yes, yes. One more. Okay. Shout out. I live four years in California. It's beautiful. Everyone should do it. Um, our next speaker. That sounds like she's lived there for her whole life. I have a question. I'm going to say this as a man who's never had an abortion. Would it be something that you would stand out no. and cheer for? No. Or would you be? I mean, I, I don't understand how their take isn't, you know what? Um, nobody wants to do this. Nobody wants to end up in that situation. It's where a they horrific have, it's choice a that people have to choice, take. Terrible um, choice. But women should have the right to choose. I, I can hear that platform. But when you get up there and you're cheering for abortion. Let's hear for all the people who have abortion. That's turning people off. It's turning people to the other side. (laughs) Yeah. Or at the very least, it's making people not want to engage in the discussion with you. Yeah. Good Lord. That's just gross. It's it's not a it. it, You know, if you are arguing that this is a, you know, it's a woman's body, it's her choice, et cetera. that's That's an understandable and probably a valid argument. But but wait a minute. You're cutting out so many people from the from the conversation when, when you do something like when that. When you have people like that, it does nothing but hurt the pro-choice movement or the the desire to maintain pro-choice in this country. You just can't have people like that on the microphone. And Chuck Schumer should know better. I mean, she introduced him. Well, 
He, he didn't intend to make it a threat. My point was that there would be political consequences, mm -hmm. political consequences right. for President Trump and Senate Republicans if the Supreme Court, with the newly confirmed justices, stripped away a woman's right to choose. Okay. All right, coming up next, an LAX screener tests positive for coronavirus. What could go wrong? Gary and Shannon will continue right after this. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We'll update you on the Robert Durst murder trial coming up a little bit later in this hour. Also been following the story in the uh, campaign. Elizabeth Warren has officially dropped out of the race. She made the announcement today. She uh, told her staff during a conference call today. And then, uh, of course, that leaves Biden and Sanders the last major contenders. But wait, did you hear this wrinkle? There's a chance that Tulsi Gabbard, because she did pick up a delegate on Tuesday, could qualify for the next debate. That's a waste of time. <laughs> what? Watch your mouth. Just because she's hot. I didn't say she was hot. Okay. I said she was an alternate option. Well, and, and I don't mean that to my wife. I mean she's an alternate option to the people running oh, for you just president Democratic nomination. You made, you it, made it worse. You made it worse. You're the person. The Dow, by the way, is down 950 points again. A worker at LAX who screens incoming flights from China has tested positive for the coronavirus. What? The worker was confirmed as having the virus on Tuesday. So far, it's a mild case. He or she has been isolated. Family members of the person have been tested. <sighs> What's the sigh for? When you sigh when we do stories like this, people get concerned that that means that you're hiding something. No, I'm not hiding anything. What's... Just the fact that coronavirus is now in LAX. And what, what could possibly go wrong there? Well, no one goes there. Yeah. There's probably more people... There's probably more people who go to, hmm, I was going to say Mecca, but they've shut that down. They've shut that down. So, hmm. The county yesterday declared a health emergency. The number of coronavirus cases in L.A. is still just seven. Seven. And none of these new cases in L.A. County are believed to have been spread through the community. Means that. They were all exposed to coronavirus, COVID-19, through close contact with others who were infected uh, or who had traveled themselves. The additional cases that came in, they were confirmed officially on Tuesday night, but we learned about them yesterday. Um, the city of Pasadena, the city of Long Beach also declared states of emergency related to the coronavirus, even though there are no confirmed cases of the virus in either one of those two cities. The state declared uh, a state of emergency. Gavin Newsom last night did as a result of the continuing issues. I wouldn't even say crisis at this point. At least not here, it's not. We've so. got a cruise ship docked off the coast of California. And today a Coast Guard helicopter is going to deliver those coronavirus test kits to the Princess Cruises Grand Princess ship. 
It's sitting off the coast of San Francisco right now. That doesn't have a problem with homeless people at all, should this thing dock there and the the illness undetected work its way onto the streets of San Francisco. Uh, The cruise line says no one will be allowed to disembark the ship until the test results are completed. They should be available within hours after the samples are delivered by helicopter to a lab in Richmond. There are about 100 passengers and crew members who were aboard the ship during that previous voyage to Mexico and stayed aboard for its just-completed trip to Hawaii. Remember, we told you yesterday that there was a man who disembarked mid-February on that cruise to Mexico, uh, later tested positive for the virus, and now he dead. 71-year-old man from Placer County. And uh, I guess, his, I'm not sure if it was his wife, but someone that was with him also tested positive and is in that same hospital being taken care of up in Roseville, but has a much more, uh, has a milder complications, I guess you could say. So they have to put these hundred tests or so onto the ship to test what now they're saying right now is just a couple dozen people who have shown symptoms. The governor said yesterday that those tests, the results of those tests could be available within hours of them being dropped off at the lab in uh, up in Richmond, which is good news. That still doesn't make anybody feel comfortable necessarily if that thing is supposed to come in and uh, and dock anywhere outside of the Farallon Islands. Um, where do you put it? You put it in San Francisco? Do you put it on Alcatraz? There you go. There you go. You have those people uh, hole up in Alcatraz for 14 days? Well, because Alcatraz at one point was a tuberculosis ward, I thought. Something like that, right? Yeah, but if you've been there in recent years on a tour, uh, it's not set up for housing people. No, it's not. It's set um, up for tours. Exactly. And, uh, and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. They're thinking of getting rid of Coachella. They're, they say health officials in Riverside County not ready to pull the plug yet, but they say they may have no choice, which means they're preemptively laying the groundwork to pull the plug. Uh, it looks like a, pro, a spokesperson for Billboard told the L.A. Times that booking agents and promoters keeping a close eye on this in terms of canceling concerts. There was a Korea Times Music Festival that was set for next month at the Hollywood Bowl. That's been postponed. There was a uh, a line that I saw earlier today, and I was trying to find out more information, that Washington State is also suggesting, not mandating, but suggesting that any gathering you have be limited to 50 people. Yeah. I feel like this gathering's so, too many. The, the two of us? Yeah. I'm wondering where, where we are in those access units. Uh, <laughs> that's a great question. Oh, and I wanted to do this when we come back. Um, it's it's not necessarily local, but we've talked about Princess Cruise Ship, the Diamond Princess. Remember it docked in Yokohama, and that's where some of the California people were when they contracted coronavirus. Um, Carl Goldman, for example, is in Nebraska now recovering from coronavirus that he caught while on the Diamond Princess. The entire ship has been evacuated, but it didn't happen until Monday. Tell you who the last guy off of that ship was and where he's headed next, which might be a surprise. The grave? Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. 
Nick just found this story out of San Antonio. <laughs> I remember when it crossed the wire that San Antonio was issuing a public health emergency. And I thought, huh, I wonder why. Well, now we know why. There was a plan to drop off some cruise ship passengers that had just been released from a two-week quarantine. And the plan was to drop them off at a shopping mall in front of the Cheesecake Factory. (laughs) And when San Antonio heard wind of this plan by the CDC, they They, said, uh, emergency! They declared a, oh, hell no! Why the hell would you do that to the Cheesecake Factory? Or anyone else in that mall at the North Star Mall. Do you know how packed cheesecake factories are? Here's part of the other problem, because they filed a lawsuit to stop the plan because a woman was mistakenly released from that quarantine after she tested positive. So if you don't trust the CDC to release the right people, why don't we just uh, you know unload an entire shipload P? Ship with a P, shipload of people out in front of the mall. Makes perfect sense. CDC didn't comment on the plan involving the mall. Would not say where that woman was released over the weekend. Uh, The company that manages the North Star Mall said that the company was not informed about any plan to drop off passengers, had no information about the whole thing. Um, This is, And this does not necessarily make anybody feel... uh, Comfortable, I suppose. Why would somebody with the CDC suggest, like, they're sitting in a conference room, right? And they're talking about these people in San Antonio. And they're like, well, we, so where should we drop these we people off? We could take off? them directly to a bus station or we could take them directly to the airport, watch them get on airplanes. Or maybe car rental counters and get them out of town. Or we could take them to the Cheesecake Factory. No, see, I think it was and something like... And then somebody like, signs off on that. I think somebody accidentally said... Cheesecake Factory because they were thinking about lunch. And then Bob at the front of the room was like, uh, a cheesecake, that sounds awesome. That's a great idea. But again, he's talking about lunch. Whoever's taking notes thinks they're talking about where to let off the cruise ship passengers. These are the people that we are putting the power uh, yeah. with? I want this I want this team in charge of my health care. Yeah. That's what I want. They're doing a great job. Bang up job, Brownie. Harvey Weinstein. Wait, has, let me get to this. Oh, yeah. Uh, Diamond Prince. Does he have coronavirus? Uh, unclear. Okay. Uh, so we've told you, of course, about the Princess Cruises cruise ship that had 700 people test positive for for coronavirus. Um, this was the Diamond Princess. It was uh, docked in Yokohama, Japan, and kept there while everybody was being tested and it turns out while everybody was infecting and reinfecting each other over and over again lots and lots of fluids the last person off of the ship got off on monday gennaro arma Mm. an italian guy Uh who was the captain of the ship I thought we stopped letting Italians drive cruise ships. Well, it's funny because his his <laughs> wife is like, clearly he's the anti-Scatino or whatever. Right. I already say that one guy's name. Um, his wife says he emerged to be exactly how people have renamed him, fearless. He never had any problems, and I never worried because we were constantly in contact. He was, uh, let's see, I think it was February 27th when Princess Cruises put out the news release that everybody was off the ship. All the passengers were off the ship. 
and that there were about 500 crew members who were still on who had not tested positive, who were there to make sure that everybody was off. And when this guy gets it, when Arma Gennaro, Gennaro Arma, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, Gennaro, when he gets off the ship, he says the people that he worked with were his gladiators. He thanked all of the passengers on board for their patience and perseverance. And then guess where he's going? Well, he is Italian, so it should be an easy answer. He's going back to Italy. Uh-oh. Italy is one of <laughs> I think behind South Korea, Italy has seen the largest outbreak of coronavirus outside of China. Um, she says uh, he is a real sea dog. This is her, <laughs> her captain husband. A real sea dog with decades of exper- expertise that led him to travel around the world after he graduated from a local maritime school. A man with great sea skills and know-how. His main worry has always been the well-being of, of his passengers, and it was a good test. Now, I tried to find uh, from Princess Cruises what the Diamond Princess update is, and they have hired a an award-winning World Health Organization certified company with global experience to provide any of their team members with well-being care during the quarantine at a center there in Japan. They will what be a nightmare. I, I can't imagine. I just can't imagine because then the, the ship itself, as you know, unlikely as it is that the coronavirus would live on surfaces for an extended period of time. I mean, these things just eventually do die off when they're exposed to, to air. There is you're going to have to make such a giant show out of steam cleaning that thing from top to bottom. I just did a quick search of LAX to Rome. Three hundred and thirty dollars. <laughs> you guys, that is insanity. If you're healthy, if you're healthy, if you're healthy, you jump, don't have underlying. Case. You jump on it. You can you can do some of the simple self care things that everybody talks about in terms of making sure that you don't get infected with something silly like coronavirus. All right. Harvey Weinstein is being transferred to the jail on Rikers Island. Remember, he's been 10 days at Bellevue Hospital because he had some sort of heart palpitations. Apparently, he had some heart procedure done yesterday to remove a blockage. And he will be sent to Rikers. Now, he will be in the jail's medical facility, but he will still be there. Of course, he faces up to 29 years in prison at his sentencing next Wednesday. And if I had to go to Rikers, I'm telling him I got coronavirus. I'm not going to general population at Rikers. Elsewhere, the Robert Durst opening statement rolls on. Remember, the prosecutor was going to spread out with this one. It got started late, according to Chris Ancarlo, due to technical difficulties. And then Deputy DA John Lewin tells the jury about his morning that he got slobbered on by his Great Dane and he had to change suits. And that was the technical difficulty. Seriously? <laughs> Yeah, that's one way to ingratiate yourself to the jury, right? Sorry, folks. I've got a dog just like you have a dog. My dog, Boo Boo, just made a Boo Boo on my suit suit. He went on to talk about Robert Durst, the Manhattan real estate heir, Robert Durst, who buried his wife, Kathy, in the New Jersey Pine Barrens Sopranos style. Hmm. That's what he told them. He said, for any of you who watch The Sopranos, the Pine Barrens were famous. The soil at the Pine Barrens is sand. It doesn't freeze. So if you kill somebody in the middle of winter, 
you need to have sand you can dig into, that this is a notorious mafia burial ground. Now, this was Robert Durst, who they maintain killed his first wife, Kathy, but got away with it. Then killed his best friend in 2000 when the cops came a call in about Kathy's murder. The best friend being Susan Berman. She was found in her home, shot in the head. This is, I think, is going to turn out to be one of those great examples of a case that's put together with um, documentary video where well, he admits killing video, everybody. There's, there's that. <laughs> but I mean, in terms of the physical evidence, it's going to be hard to come by. It's going to be circumstantial evidence. But if there's enough circumstantial evidence, you don't need the physical evidence. Exactly. Gary and Shannon will continue. KFI AM 640. An iHeart radio station. 24-hour news. More stimulating talk. She's a California man in a diaper. Hourglass body like a guitar. That river was found appears like a little bomb in the atmosphere. I slapped on her like a movie. Like they ain't never seen a bad girl. Candle and Shannon. Hold on a second. <laughs> do you want me to wash my hands? Or do you want me to not wash I my do hands? I want you to wash your hands. All right. But well, I feel like you, then could you do need that to give me the full twenty seconds. <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. There's also a thing that guys are doing now for some reason. They're like hanging out in the bathroom long enough for someone else to come in there so that that person can open the door and get their hands all over the handle. Oh, man. And then you walk out. And speaking of which, why is there Kleenex on the ground in the hallway? I don't know, but nobody's picking it up. I mean, I'm not touching that thing. There's signage all over the building. How do you know if you have coronavirus? What to do? You know, I was leaving here yesterday. And I thought, oh, I'm so glad I don't have to listen to coronavirus speak, right? Right. Turn on uh, Petros and Money. They spent about a half an hour talking about it. <laughs> I'm like, come on, guys. Uh, T- talk about where Tom Brady's going to land. Give me anything other than coronavirus. Well, speaking of which, did you uh, see any of the spring training game last night? I did not. It was a rare evening game yeah. uh, with the Dodgers hosted the Giants last night. And... Uh, I don't know, the Giants pitcher hit somebody. He hit Justin Turner, as a matter of fact. And then Clayton Kershaw hits a guy, and Ron Wotus, the third base coach for the Giants, at the end of the inning is running across the field to go back into the Giants' dugout and has to cross in front of Clayton Kershaw and says something. Whatever he said, nobody knows. But it had to be something like, hey, don't hit our guys on purpose, or whatever. I mean, it's baseball. Yeah. And Clayton Kershaw was acting like it was late September and everything was on the line. Well, and turns around and is like, what? What'd you say? If, if there's one guy who's coming in hot to the season, right. it's Clayton Kershaw. And for good I reason. Mean, how much did that change the trajectory of his career? I mean, he's still all, always going to be considered one of the great pitchers. However, his failures during the playoffs, those two seasons are almost overshadowing what he's able to do in the regular season. Yeah, I And how much it's screwed with his head. But, but, they didn't play the Astros all through the playoffs. He did have some missteps that came against other teams. Yeah. I'm not saying that the Astros are good or bad. But were those missteps due to him being screwed up in the head? I mean, I don't know. We'll never know. But that's part of the problem with it, right? Oh, and I got an ad from uh, on Facebook today from some... Some law uh, firm out of Texas that is saying if you're a Dodgers season ticket holder from 2017, you may stand to win some compensation in, I guess, the lawsuit that they're filing against the Astros in Major League Baseball. Of course. 
okay, well, the polls have closed in California, obviously, but we don't have the full results, not even close. They say it's going to take days, weeks to tabulate every vote. They don't even know how many ballots are left to process until tomorrow. Of course, in California, we've got many options when it comes to casting our ballots, uh, mail-in, drop-off, in-person. Also, voters can register through Election Day, which means casting a provisional ballot that's counted after the verified process. I had to go through that, by the way, Shannon. Yeah, the provisional thing? Well, I was already registered, and I was on their website as registered, LAVote.net. I showed up with my stuff that was mailed to me, and I wasn't in the system. Wow. I'm like, how is that possible? It just seemed really bizarre. Like everything I'm showing you shows that I'm registered. I had things you mailed to me. Like I'm giving you what you you gave me. That's confirmation. And look, I'm on on LAVote.net. Look, I can show you that I'm registered. And they still didn't have you. So then I had to (laughs) re-register. But I mean, at at, at least they have a system where you you re-register, you cast the provisional ballot, and eventually it will be counted. They told me I can call and check in like 30 days to see if my vote went through. And then what if it didn't? Uh, There was no other information. It seemed like a mess. And then do they not ask for identification when you vote in They do not. not. That is bizarre. I've never experienced that ever. They called it illegal. I think that is so weird. I mean, you've only been here a year now. So for me, no, no, it's just like. It's weird. It is. It's ripe for corruption. <laughs> in other states, you have to do like a fingerprint, take a picture, show your ID, yeah. your birth certificate. Like it's 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 intense. Yeah. My parents worked in a polling place on Tuesday. They were there all day. It wasn't here in L.A. County, but um, but they were there all day. They had the normal, um, you know, back. They had the paper ballot where you'd fill in the circle. You color in the circle next to your candidate or yes or no on the proposition. And there was one computerized, they had one kiosk there for people to use if they wanted to. Not one person used the computerized kiosk the entire day. Mm-hmm. Everybody else was more comfortable filling out the paper ballot. I would doing prefer it that, that too. So. They said the mail-in ballots can arrive three days after the election and still be counted. As of Wednesday morning, counties had processed just over 5 million ballots. And for some perspective, California had more than 20.6 million registered voters as of late last month. But, okay, so so 20.6, the turnout was somewhere in the 25% range, I think, for the state. Okay. So you're still looking at five. So we're we're close. I mean, there's going to be some couple hundred thousand stragglers, but we talked a little bit about the demographics when it comes to the early vote, and they say the first results typically come from Republican, older, and fiscally conserved uh, conservative Californians who turn in their vote by mail ballots early on. Later arriving ballots often come from the state's younger voters, many of whom are registered Democrats or favor Democrats, of course. That all means, of course, that uh, the results could change dramatically. Yeah, the late results tend to be more uh, tend to move more towards in the case of a general election, more towards a Democrat or in the case of like the district attorney's race here towards the more liberal candidate. We've been following this one pretty closely. Um, Jackie Lacey, the incumbent current uh, district attorney in L.A. County, is at 50 point one four percent 50.14 she needs 50 percent of the vote plus one she needs a simple majority to avoid a runoff and just keep her job as the district attorney 
if she doesn't get that, if for some reason George Gascon gets um, is able to eat away into that lead, then it will be Jackie Lacey against George Gascon coming up in November in the general election. But it, it, I don't know how many they have left to count. But if you just did the simple math, there's a third candidate, Rachel Rossi also. Uh, she got 20, almost 23 percent. George Gascon got 27 percent just under that. So if you added those votes together, George Gascon still only has, you know, 49 something, 49 percent. But that's a sliver if for for some reason they have to go to a general election, a runoff. That is a sliver of a lead for Jackie Lacey. She's got a work cut out for her. All right. Well, we uh, have a cruise ship off California coast where the casino is still open, despite the fact that 21 people are showing symptoms of coronavirus. They're, how they're handling this is not well. How do you? That's a local company, too. Princess Cruises is based in Valencia. They have a giant building there. I would imagine it's very busy there. Very busy on their PR floor. Well, yeah. What the hell are you doing? I don't know. I mean, the Diamond Princess, they had that expert, remember, that snuck on board to see how they were handling it? Yeah. And he said it was terrible. This was a guy who had experience with the SARS outbreak and I think MERS. And he said that they had failed to create the right zones of of sick people, maybe sick people, and not sick people, which seems pretty elementary to me. Well, you see it in a, in a mass casualty incident triage. here. Yeah. You, I mean, when we see the helicopter shots of a massive car accident or something like that, there's red tarp over there. There's a yellow tarp. There's a green tarp. Those are some of the basics of uh, emergency response in a situation like that. But nobody asked us. That's nobody it. asked nobody us. Asked. I don't know why they don't call. Gary and Shannon. to to get your news but i like it coming up in the next hour uh we're all fat and we're getting fatter mm. and it's not just america there's no hope at all you know who's not fat elizabeth warren she's not fat but she's also not running for president anymore she uh, dropped out today she made her speech we'll talk about that we'll also talk about joe biden and that uh, security scare on the stage here in Los Angeles on Tuesday night, he was given his speech, sort of the victory speech, after a great Super Tuesday. And uh, a couple of people tried to storm the stage. They let Derry die people. The ones who stormed Bernie Sanders' stage were topless. Uh, these two didn't get their tops off, but uh, Jill Biden kicked some ass. Dr. Jill Biden, that is to you, mister. And there was a question about... Uh, Secret Service protection. Who gets it? When they get it? Why the vice president didn't have it? It makes no sense. Well, William Shatner and his ex-wife Elizabeth Martin have divvied up their assets. And it's a little bit of an unusual line item in the divorce proceedings. But it's not that unusual if you're in the biz, as they say, in the industry. William Shatner is going to be able to walk away with the former couple's supply of horse semen. Now, horse semen is very lucrative. When you have a race horse that is successful, 
there's a lot of knocks on the door to get that horse's semen. What did I say? Nothing. Knocks on the door? Nope, nothing. I'm just listening to this. People want to bring their horse to hook up with that horse. Yeah, but that's not how they do it. No, they, they have uh, they have a machine, I think. Yeah. I don't think it's a, it's a trainer's job. What's this? What is this? <laughs> Where are you putting your hand? She... She started to do a motion with her hand no, and then I realized didn't. how horrible it would have been had she actually acted it out. No, so she just went like this. Hi. Like the Statue of Liberty. I'll just put my hand up here so that there's no insinuation of me. Anyway. Stimulating a horse. <laughs> You're going to get in trouble for that. Oh, I am. Okay. Yes, right. Because what I did was silent. Now. Uh, it was mo- it was uh, often believed that half of marriages in this country ended in divorce. There's more recent data puts the divorce rate at 39%, but divorces haven't come away less messy or ugly. Okay, well, just before we get into that list, I wanted to tell you the idea of horse semen and William Shatner is not a new thing in the divorce. In 2003, his ex-wife claimed that he broke the agreement in their 95 divorce settlement that allowed her one breeding privilege per calendar year with their American saddlebred stallions. So it's been a thing in his relationships, horse semen. Anyway, 24-7 Tempo went through dozens of news articles, court orders, state laws, and they found a bunch of these unusual divorce conditions, grounds, clauses. It looks like married residents of Kentucky who want to divorce can only do so after obtaining a divorce education certificate. It's a program where parents have to go and learn how much this is going to F up their kids. I got no problem with that. When Jennifer Lopez married Mark Anthony, he was married to a former beauty queen. And after the beauty queen and Mark Anthony settled on their divorce, it was in the papers that the beauty queen could never speak ill of Jennifer Lopez. Or else she could be sued. Listen to what David Hasselhoff did. I'm listening. When he got divorced, he wanted to keep the rights as part of his settlement to his nicknames, the Hoff, Malibu Dave, and the catchphrase, don't hassle the Hoff. Malibu Dave? Have you ever heard no. David Hasselhoff referred to as Malibu Dave? No. Uh, there was a um, couple in Cambodia in 2008. I don't know how familiar you are with Cambodian divorce law, but there was one case in 12 years uh, from 12 years ago where a house was literally sawed in half after the end of an 18-year marriage. That makes sense. People getting a divorce often make so much sense, don't they? There was a couple in Australia. Uh, the woman gets the farm, gets the family farm. So she had it put in the papers that her husband dig up his parents' graves that were on the property and move them. In Mississippi... <laughs> Grounds for divorce can be natural impotence, insanity, a wife's pregnancy by another person at the time of marriage, and 
idiocy. According to the law, one of the spouses must not have known of the condition before getting hitched. Incurable idiocy develops during the course of marriage is also a legal reason to get a divorce because of the impact it has on the marriage, according to the state bar in Mississippi. There was a woman, a British woman, who donated one of her kidneys to her husband to save his life. He survives. He gets better. But four years later, he leaves her. She was so pissed off, she demanded her kidney back. In a similar case in New York, a man asked that the value of the kidney he donated to his wife be included in the divorce settlement. I kind of get that. You're going to compromise your health for your loved one. They leave you. And you're like, what? Give me that organ back. You wouldn't be out there banging around without my kidney. I don't know if that's what's going on. If a couple living in Texas wants to get a divorce, but the wife is pregnant, Mm -hmm. they have to wait until the baby is born. That can be rough. Most of the courts in the state of Texas will not finalize a divorce if a child is on its way, even if it's not the husband's. The reason is to make sure that any matter regarding the child can be included in the final divorce rule. Hey, let's get Micah on the phone uh, and let her know about this Texas law. Yeah. You know, there was a guy in India who said that one reason for wanting to divorce his wife was that she spent so much money on ice cream. That sounds like heaven. The judge ordered the husband to pay the ex-wife extra money every month to cover her ice cream habit. That's a good judge right there. Uh, In Oregon, Oregon is one of those no-fault state, which means that you don't have to put the blame on anyone for wanting to end the marriage. You just have to tell the court you want a divorce. And all 50 states do allow no-fault grounds for divorce. Uh, 17 of them are true no-fault states, meaning that they won't allow the spouse filing for a divorce to cast the blame on their partner for the ending of the marriage. You know, I thought that that was going to be an uplifting segment, kind of fun. You know, started off with horse semen and then all these crazy divorce stories, but kind of sad. When we come back, the history of horse breeding equipment. No, we'll talk trending. Oh, that's probably better. That will be more uplifting. Get a credit card that gives you what you need now. A low interest rate on everyday purchases and place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest interest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed and together they can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit PenFed.org slash gold card. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. Insured by NCUA. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard. This summer, we'll be traveling at an altitude of approximately two feet in a brand new Nissan. We invite you to enjoy the available panoramic views, premium seats in all rows, and connected tech while avoiding baggage fees, layovers, and neck pillows. So fasten your seatbelts and enjoy nonstop routes to summer because the best way to travel this season is in a new Nissan. And now is the best time to buy at the Nissan 4th of July sales event. Save up to $3,500 on the 2020 Nissan Rogue or get 0% APR financing on 13 models. Nissan, innovation that excites. For well-qualified buyers, $3,500 on 2020 Rogue consists of $3,000 cash back and $500 bonus cash. Available on purchase. Must purchase from new dealer stock. See dealer for financing details. Call 1-888-858-8319 for offer and safety information details. Offers in 7-6-2020. Sometimes I feel like giving up, but I just can't. 
Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Taking a look at Wall Street, and it's not good. Oh, another 1,000 points. Dow down 1,016. I don't know who to root for today. Uh, Bernie or Biden? or The Red Sox are hosting the Astros right now in spring training in oh, Florida. Oh, wow. <laughs> I bet there's some hecklers the there. bright, shining examples of truth and justice in the American way. Speaking of baseball, mm-hmm. there is a Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp team. And they are going to have, on April 30th, a Say Yes to Crack Night. <laughs> they will be saluting that night chiropractors and plumbers. Oh, get it? Get it? Crack. I get it. Uh, what are they called? The Louisville what? Jacksonville oh, Jumbo Jacksonville, Shrimp. Jacksonville. Looking for Jacksonville. Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Um. Well, it's a pretty cartoony little shrimp there, I suppose. Um, they play at 121 Financial Ballpark in Jacksonville. I don't know who their team is, though. Well, that's a fun little... Uh, I thought we could use some uplifting news. It's about time. What, what else, else is going, going on? on? Time for What's Happening. Oh, we've got 149 people in 13 states now with this coronavirus as people continue to freak the F out. <laughs> Not us, though. No. We're, we got our feet firmly planted on the ground. Not out on some cruise ship or anything like that. I canceled a cruise this morning. Uh, so there was that. I don't think that counts as freaking out. I no. think that counts as being prepared. Not freaking out. I just thought it was funny when I got the Princess Cruises email <laughs> that said the anticipation is building on it. Yeah. Uh, plan your cruise. And I'm like, oh, that reminded me to cancel. Uh, we will have later in the show, L.A. County Public Health Director Dr. Barbara Ferrer to talk with us about what's going on. Um, the plan is to do this on a regular basis so that she can make sure that we stay calm and that the information that we are giving out is true, it's correct, and kind of update us on how the health officials in the county and throughout Southern California are taking care of all of this. So this, that's coming up later in the show. The Senate passed an $8.3 billion measure today to tackle the coronavirus outbreak. Um, it was a 96 to 1 vote. Who do you think voted no? On the Senate? Who is the angsty teenager? Oh, yeah. Rand, Rand Paul. Rand Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Too much money. Um, this will go to the president's desk. He will sign it. Uh, we do believe there's no real reason why he wouldn't or none that we know of for sure. Three billion dollars dedicated to research and development of vaccines as well as therapeutics and diagnostics. Two point two in public health funding to aid in prevention preparedness response. A billion towards medical supplies and a billion and a quarter to address the coronavirus in uh, overseas areas as well. The Church of Nativity has been shut down in Bethlehem. Yeah, we're seeing a bunch of these. I saw an article today in a San Francisco newspaper about what they'll do if if a BART passenger shows up and tests positive for coronavirus. And they have a plan for it. Oh, yeah, public transit's a disaster. They've said that they, at least BART has said, they haven't seen a downturn in ridership 
in the recent days and weeks because of coronavirus. I was wondering about that when traffic's going to get lighter. Kind of hoping it was yesterday. Yeah. Because it was a nightmare coming in today. There was a screener at LAX that's tested positive for coronavirus, so we'll stay on top of that as well. One of the big trending stories throughout the country today is that Elizabeth Warren has stepped out. She will no longer be running for president. She and Jim and Bailey, their dog, came out in front of their uh, came out in front of their house today, and she made her official announcement that she's not going to be running for president. When an, a reporter asked if she was ready to endorse anybody, and she said, "You know what? No." I think what she's waiting for is to see if Biden offers her that space on the ticket at VP. Because she could carry some of those progressive votes. I got somebody on Twitter saying Ooh. to me, no, it's like clearly a, a Bernie Sanders supporter who's not willing to let the dream die. But if Biden's leading and he wants to coax some of those voters, I still believe some of those voters will be more apt to vote for a uh, Biden Warren ticket than a Biden Klobuchar ticket where you'd have two moderates. Yeah, because remember, if if Joe Biden is to beat Donald Trump in November, assuming that Biden gets the nomination, he's going to have to pull people who voted for Donald Trump in 2016. There's no way Bernie Sanders is going to do that, I don't think. Um, but we'll talk more about um, about all that. We'll play some of that sound coming up at the bottom of the hour when we get into Swamp Watch. Talked about this last hour. Harvey Weinstein has been moved to Rikers. Tried to stay there at Bellevue Hospital in New York, but they said, nope, you are moving on to Rikers, where the food is not as good as it is in the hospital. That's how bad it is. Um, He is going to have his sentencing next week. Facing 29 years. He had some sort of chest procedure done. He had a blockage. Well, it's been a while since we've had to shut down a major freeway for several hours, several days. And uh, the latest will be the five freeway through Burbank because they're going to blow it up and start over. I wish. I have been wanting them to blow this up and start over since I moved here uh, 16 years ago, 15 years ago. Anyone who regularly drives the five through Burbank, first of all, does not have any dental dental work left. It's been shaken out of your head and also, probably have gone through several different uh, cars as a result. It's a third world country. It's, it is. It literally is a third world country driving through there. But they say April 25th through 27th, there will be a 36-hour weekend closure uh, to oh, demolish so- and replace the Bur- Bur- Burbank Boulevard Bridge over the freeway. So this is just about the bridge. It's not about the disastrous shape of the road we're driving on. Yep. You'd think that if they shut it down, they'd fix all of it. Sure. Would you Would you be willing to give them one week of closed five freeway between the 118 and the uh, 134? It shouldn't take that long. Yeah, but we know yes. that. We know that. We know that. They don't ask us again. We could have had some coronavirus issues worked out several weeks ago, and uh, nobody asked. So, Coming up next, do we have good news? No. Oh. We ha- <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Now. Maybe we should talk to Dr. Oh, now. Oh, that's a great idea. Okay, we'll talk he to Dr. He loves butter. We're going to talk to Dr. Now about our obesity crisis. Can we have some good news today? Maybe in the one o'clock hour. Maybe Dr. Now has good news about this. Oh, okay. Maybe he knows a way to break it. Good.
running from the devil. Another breath and I'm up another level. It feels good to be up above the clouds. It feels good for the first time in a long time now. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We're telling you about... uh, how life in and around Seattle has changed drastically over the last 72 hours. Of course, Washington State, I guess you say the epicenter of coronavirus in the United States because they've had 10 deaths there, one here in California. Um, companies have been telling their people, hey, if you want to work from home, it's totally cool with us. You know, so many tech companies, Microsoft, Google, I think up there, uh, their their Seattle headquarters or their Seattle offices, uh, Amazon has said as much. and there's a great article from GeekWire today. Traffic is incredible in and around Seattle. Seattle is horrific yes. when it comes to traffic. So I mean, bad. It, it's not just as bad like L.A. because we have a lot of freeways. Yeah. Their traffic is bad and they don't have a lot of freeways. Yes. But they said traffic the last couple of days has been absolutely beautiful. Well, a state of emergency has been declared by L.A. city and county officials. Six new cases of coronavirus were revealed this week, but the L.A. marathon, they say, is a go. Race organizers say they've taken steps to prevent coronavirus exposure. This is going to be Sunday. They say entrants with home addresses in China, Hong Kong, Taiwan, South Korea, Italy, and Iran have been deferred until next year. And that on race day, there's going to be increased number of hand sanitizer stations along the route. <laughs> How are you? You're not touching people, are no. you? You're running? It shouldn't be a problem. I remember touching anybody when I... When I ran. I went for a run yesterday. And how'd it go? You and Nick ran yesterday. It went great. And I felt so good out there in the sunshine and no germs. And I've been spending more time outside. Like I went home the other day and I took my book and went outside to read instead of inside. I don't know why being outside is a source of comfort, but it is. My wife yesterday, when I got home, she had been sitting outside, she said, for hours. Yeah. So... There's something there. Uh, there We're is a, all fat. Yeah, we are. There's a new CDC survey that finds four in 10 American adults are obese. Uh, it looks like 42% registered a body mass index above 30 that put them in the obese category. And that not a single country is on course to get any better. Uh, coming on the show now to talk about it is our friend, friend of the show, Dr. Now from My uh, 600-Pound Life. Hello, Shannon. How are you doing today? I am good. Uh, what do you think about this, Dr. You're looking well. Thank you, Dr. Now. Are you sticking to the diet that we have prepared for you? Yeah, so this isn't about me today. We're actually talking about the report on the global obesity levels and if there's any way that we can... Uh, reverse this? Well, the one thing, the most important thing for you to do is to stick to the diet, which I have prepared for you. Is you boil your chicken, you eat your broccoli, and then for whatever time you need, you just stick to the diet. You should be able to lose about 100 pounds over the next 30 days. Yeah, so I don't need to lose 100 pounds. Um, I've told you the last time we spoke about this. I, I see what you're doing. I think what a hard thing for someone to to do in your position is to acknowledge 
how big you you really are. It's a threat to your life, and it could be very bad for you going forward. I'm going to ignore you right now, um, but do you know how oddly satisfying it is when I'm watching your show to watch people eat on that show? I think that may be a problem for you to get enjoyment out of someone eating that much. I did have a case not too long ago, close to yours, where someone had a pizza on their chest while they were lying in the bed. And I want to say that's not no way to go about life. You, you put too much stress on your heart and your bones, and it is not good for you. But you leave those cuts in there of the guy eating the pizza on his chest. And you do it for a reason. I think you know that viewers like that. Have you ever tried to eat pizza from your chest? It's really very satisfying. I know. Only if you are less than 300 pounds. I'm less than 300 pounds, doctor. I think we should get a scale in here to make sure. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you. Make sure you stick to the diet. Okay, bye. Bye. He's worse than you. Why don't you just tell him that you're not oversized? I I did. I tell him every time we talk. Has he seen a picture of you? And what is that, that I'm not oversized? Like, that you could have just said, why don't you tell him that you're thin? But you said not oversized, which sounds like a step further than obesity. Him, you should tell him you're not morbidly obese. Gary and Shannon may not continue <laughs> with Swamp Watch when we come back. You're going to give me some sort of disorder. You're the one who went running yesterday. I didn't tell you to go running. But did you see how excited you got when I said I went running? You're like, oh, Nick went running too. That's great. <laughs> oh. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Coming Viet- up. Oh. Yeah. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say coming up after Layla's news at the top of the hour, we were going to hook up with Chris Ann Carlo, who is at the Durst trial. And if you want live updates from the courtroom, follow Chris at Chris Ann Carlo on Twitter. Yeah, there's a K. There's two Ks in Chris Ann Carlo. So make sure you spell that right. You don't want the wrong one. Also, uh, we're going to get an update on Wall Street. We're trying to hook up with uh, Jane Wells uh, from here and from CNBC to talk about what's going on on Wall Street. The Dow is down another 950 points or so right now. It was down over 1,000 earlier, and we'll see how this volatility is affecting just about everybody as we get uh, a little bit more ratcheted up and tense when it comes to coronavirus. Well, Elizabeth Warren is out. She had a tearful news event outside of her home. Ryan Burrow is on the story and joins us from Chicago. Ryan. There he is. Ryan, what's going on? Oh, you know, just 
kind of pouring over all the information we've got on the, the latest search of uh, the next Democratic candidate, I suppose. <laughs> uh, so as as diverse as that whole field was back when there were 24, 25 people running, we're left with two old white guys. Um, that's oh, not what as are you talking about Tulsi Gabbard is still in there. This is her chance to be to run it. She's in third place. Now. Listen, mister, don't you break my heart and tell me that she's still in this thing, because I know that effectively she's not. Don't you give me hope like that. There's always hope. There's always hope until the convention, right? Well, it looks like Elizabeth was a little bit coy when asked about her endorsement. And we were kind of talking about and throwing it around earlier, Ryan, uh, about the possibility that she or her operatives get on the phone to Biden and or his operatives and say, hey, uh, I'll throw you my support if you can promise me maybe that uh, space on the ticket there at VP, maybe bringing in some progressives to Biden's moderates. That's quite possible. I mean, we know these backdoor conversations are happening. I wouldn't doubt if Bernie Sanders people have reached out to her as well, whether it be Senator Sanders himself or or someone, uh, one of his surrogates. But uh, we really don't know which way she's going to fall at this point. I know that there was a lot of clamoring after uh, Super Tuesday from Bernie Sanders supporters saying, well, you know what, if Elizabeth Warren would have dropped out before Super Tuesday, we would have gotten all of her support and could have won states like Massachusetts on Super Tuesday. Um, But, I mean, she was kind of... the line on both sides. She was uh, progressive, but not as progressive as Bernie Sanders, not as moderate as, uh, you know, Joe Biden. So um, we really don't know which direction this is going to go and, and when she is going to be called to the stage, if indeed that's how she will be unveiled, much like we saw with uh, Mayor Pete and uh, with Amy Klobuchar. Uh, what happens to her staff? I mean, do they wind down or do they just immediately look for new jobs? Yeah, you know, a lot of times they kind of fold into each other. A lot of them were Democratic operatives anyway, so, uh, you know, they'll just uh, put on a different T-shirt and walk into a different office the next day. Um, You know, it's it's the supporters and the donors who now have to find kind of new places to go and uh, new attention to be had and, and, you know, placing money in in different directions. We know that that uh, all-important Bloomberg money is is going to uh, Joe Biden to some extent, although it sounds like most of it's going to be going against Donald Trump. Um, Elizabeth Warren's fundraising kind of dried up. Uh, We'll always have the summer of 2019 with Elizabeth Warren when she was on top of the world and she was uh, the top of the polls in Iowa. But you know, something happened in the fall where she just couldn't quite uh, get her message uh, on target, and she lost a lot of support and uh, lost a lot of news coverage as a result of that and just never was seemingly able to recover. I hope Kate McKinnon can still do her for Saturday Night Live because she she did a great job with uh, Elizabeth Warren. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting today watching Elizabeth Warren speak, uh, her husband by her side outside her home there to reporters, because she has, in my opinion, been one of the strongest people, especially on that debate stage when she was going after Bloomberg. And today it was uh, the vulnerable side that I don't think that we had seen until now. I think we... we... We came to the realization that uh, when she, you know when she realized she wasn't going to be, it was hard. It was you know I mean she had she had poured a lot of time and energy into this, and um, she admitted you know it's it's hard uh, thinking about all of the women and and girls who she ran into uh, on the campaign trail and said you know what there's going to be a female president and I'm going to be her and uh, you know one of the quotes she said is I still need some space around this and uh, want to take a little bit of time to think a little bit more when it comes to who she's going to endorse but she
she also said one of the hardest parts of this is all those pinky promises and all those little girls who are going to have to wait four more years. It's going to be hard. So, you know, I mean, for a lot of people, she was going to be the first female president. And, um, you know, they were kind of hooking uh, their wagon to her as a result. And um, it just didn't quite pan out. Ryan, thank you. Appreciate it. You got it. Ryan Burrow there again, Warren's, uh, Elizabeth Warren out uh, of the presidential race. Now, in terms of her endorsement, it will be important, but still the most important endorsement that people are waiting for is from Barack Obama. So Joe Biden was on the Today Show today, was asked about, uh, hey, don't you think your boss should endorse you sometime, your former boss? Is Everybody it time, though, for, for President Obama to get off the sideline and make an endorsement? and put his finger on the scale? No, I don't think so. Imagine had he endorsed me and we won uh, as big as we did yesterday. You'd all be saying I won because of Iraq. I'm winning because of me. I'm going to earn this on my own. Do you think that? Do you think he's winning because of himself or because of his connection with Barack Obama? I think it's probably a little bit of both. Because he said on Tuesday night, he said here in L.A., listen, you are vo- you vote for me. You are voting for an Obama-Biden Democrat. Right. He's still milking that, of course. Um, speaking of uh, that that Tuesday night speech that he gave in Baldwin Hills after Super Tuesday wins, a bunch of them, there was a couple of protesters who made their way up on stage. I love this. Jill Biden, if you watch the video, when the first protester gains entry to the stage, Jill Biden gets between Joe and the protester. That is a bodyguard move. And then once that protester gets off the stage, there's she kind of turns around and looks around in the crowd and, and, and IDs another woman who's jumping on stage. And Jill Biden tackles her and gets between again between the protester and Joe. I mean, it was incredible to see that. Like uh, she's protecting him. She was in this protective role over her husband, Joe. And they look a lot different in age suddenly. <laughs> After the tackle? Uh, no, I mean, just... Standing up there on that stage, I thought this um, this was also from the Today Show, a question about that and security around these campaign stops. There was a scary moment on stage the other night when a protester rushed the stage and your wife, Dr. Jill Biden, and one of your senior advisors, Simone Sanders, rushed uh, to to the rescue. They make for good security. But does that raise in your mind uh, the question of whether you should have U.S. Secret Service protection and whether the other candidates in the race should? Well, I think that's something that has to be considered the more outrageous some of this becomes. Uh, was that scary? Well, i tell you, my wife's something else, isn't she? <laughs> yes, she, well, was, she had your back for sure. For I was worried about for Jill. I mean, God love her. She is incredible. She did the same thing in another event up in New Hampshire, and a guy, I didn't even see him coming behind me and approaching the black, and she runs up and grabs him. I just, she and my daughter have more courage than I think. Anyway, I... I I, 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 that's what I worry about. I worry about Jill. Does it feel uh, now, like Jill should not be the one tackling people on the stage? That should be a, a real bodyguard. He's got private security. Yeah. As the former vice president, Secret Service continued to protect him. For, I think it's for six months after he left office. But after that, it drops off if unless there's some for some reason a threat against him or anything. And when you become a candidate, you don't automatically get Secret Service protection. There has to be basically when it's down to two people. You know, whoever obviously after the conventions up to and after the conventions, their Secret Service protection. Barack Obama was one of the unusual ones who got Secret Service protection relatively early because of the number of threats that came in against him. But at this point, Congress now has the power through the Homeland Security Department to determine when and if 
uh, when and which candidates get their Secret Service protection. I think this is going to go a long way to getting that out of the way soon. All right, taking a look at Wall Street. Dow is down 1,100 right now. It looks like cruise ship stocks taking double-digit dives to multi-year lows. We are going to have Jane Wells on to talk about this and uh, and other things that uh, coronavirus is hurting as well. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on that iHeartRadio app. The World Health Organization urging global governments to pull out all the stops against the coronavirus. All the stops. All of them. Every single one. Coast Guard helicopters have been ferrying coronavirus tests to a cruise ship that's uh, out off of San Francisco. They're not going to allow it to dock until they get a good idea of whether or not anybody there may be infected with coronavirus they did have a couple of dozen people who have they may just have the cold i mean they may just have a simple flu and not the the coronavirus but one of the persons uh, sorry two of the people who showed up on that same cruise ship on a different cruise earlier in the month they did test positive and one of them actually passed away up in roseville near sacramento that was the one death that we know of in California from coronavirus. Well, in the final moments of the trading day, the Dow is down 1,028. Joining us now to talk about it, Jane Wells, our friend from KFI and CNBC. How you doing, Jane? Well, <laughs> I'm a little, uh, I have motion sickness watching the market this last week. It's just, uh, it's it's ridiculous. I think I'm going to get a virus just watching uh, my 401k. <laughs> It looks like cruise ship stocks are, as you could imagine, taking oh, yes. uh, the worst of it right now. They are, along with airlines, along with uh, MGM Resorts, which has casinos, uh, that sort of thing. Those are all taking it. The one stock that I could find was up again today was Clorox. Clorox is trading at levels never seen and owning that stock. And so uh, there is probably too late to get into that buy. But, you know, who knows what tomorrow means? Tomorrow may be like... Oh, look, the market's down 1,000 points. Stocks are cheap. Let's get back in and run it up another 800 points. Or people could be even more afraid and sold off more. So it's just, try. if anybody tries to predict to you what's going to happen next, um, throw them out the airplane. Now, I mean, we're talking about stock prices here, but the idea of this being such a drag on tourist-driven and travel-driven stocks, uh, I saw a headline that the airlines could suffer to the tune of a hundred plus billion dollars as a result of this that well that might put the airlines back into bankruptcy as happened uh to a few of them after 9-11 the problem is that look in my case i work for cnbc i had four trips all canceled the network made me cancel them by the way all non-refundable tickets from four different airlines very different experiences trying to get do that today american gave me a complete refund United and Alaska would not give a refund, but gave me credit. Delta 
Delta's charging me $300 for the cancellation and giving me a, re, a, a credit for it for a future travel. So uh, a bit, completely different responses as they're scrambling to figure out what to do during this. And you uh, were at LAX. Uh, what, what's it like over there? Well, I went over there. We're working on a story about uh, culturally Americans do not wear masks. You know, we kind of, we just breathe. And even when we're sick, we just come. Actually, I know someone who came to work sick this week, and the makeup artist put uh, uh, her scarf over her face before touching this person's oh, wow. face. Because, yeah, I know. It's like, really, this week? Uh, but uh, so we went to see how many people are wearing masks, if more people are wearing masks than before. Yeah, a few more here and there, mostly on international flights. Uh, mostly Asians or Asian-Americans are doing it because it's more culturally a thing. Uh, but we did find, you know, more regular old Americans who were bringing their Purell and wearing a mask. Talked to a couple of people who wore a mask for the very first time. It's very uncomfortable. I did it once. I did it on a flight last month from L.A. to Chicago. I had it on for about, I don't know, five hours, including being in the airport. The most uncomfortable experience. I was hot. My glasses were fogging up. Uh, it takes some getting used to. Your glasses were falling. Yeah, I mean, I can see how that would be very uncomfortable. <laughs> it would, and then you're not supposed to, like, they come around and I was starving. Well, I'm going to eat, so then you take your mask off to eat. Well, that defeats the whole purpose of the mask. But if you're going on one of these long flights, you know, you're going to have to carve up, I guess, ahead of time if you don't want to touch your face. But then, of course, a lot of people are saying the mask should only be worn when you're sick. It's not going to protect you. And Well, it will protect you, but you don't really need it if you're not sick. What a friend of mine who's a reporter in Beijing told me is the, the plus of the mask is you don't you realize you're touching your face with your hands and that mask stops you before the hands get to your skin. Uh, so you're reminded like, oh, yeah, Purell, Purell. This is the world we live in now. This is the stock Isn't market it? we live in. You, this is crazy. You have family overseas. You've been in contact. What's going on with them? Yeah, that was uh, that was the flight that's on my dime. I just had to cancel my trip to Japan for the second time. My son and his wife and newborn are in Okinawa, where it's probably safer there than here. Uh, but I kept thinking, you know what? It's three weeks away. Let's just give it another week. Let's just give it another week. And then I realized it's an eight-month-old baby, okay? He can wait to see me. Yeah. I, 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 don't be stupid. <laughs> Don't be selfish. My son and his wife would love to be able to go out on a date, but they're not going to go to a movie theater right now. You know, no, no. that's the funny thing about the Fed rate cut last week. They cut a half point. Is that going to make you get on an airplane to go to Italy? No. Nope. Uh, I found a flight from LAX to Rome today for $350. Taking it? I was thinking about it. I mean, I <laughs> yeah, don't have any underlying health issues. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Like, I, and I'm not uh, a, a our sports producer's been talking to the NBA and the NHL and spring training, and actually attendance is up at some of those things. And uh, and at that point, you know, the Lakers are doing so well, people, you know, people still go to Staples Center. I'm just wondering, at a certain point, does the hysteria versus the reality, the hysteria start making an issue with concerts? Look, everybody's canceling going to South by Southwest. All the big companies are pulling out. Is that going to just end up being canceled? That's yeah, good. they were talking about canceling Coachella and Riverside County, too. 
What about the Olympics in Tokyo? Oh, my gosh, that's months away. But at some point, you have to make a decision. They said yesterday that it's still on, uh, but that they, uh, what did they say? I forget the, the turn of phrase they use, but it made it sound <laughs> like uh, it's still on today, uh, March 4th, right. but we could pull the plug yeah. at any moment. You it's know. still on-ish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jane, thank you. Take care. Jane Wells there from uh, from CNBC talking about what's going on with the markets and how it is that we're going to. We're all going to get through this, people. We're all going to get through this. Next hour, we're actually going to be talking with L.A. County Public Health Director Dr. Barbara Ferrer. Heard her yesterday in that news conference where L.A. County talked about the state of emergency. We'll do this on a regular basis. We're going to be talking with uh, Dr. Ferrer coming up um, and for several days coming in the, in the near future as we try to get through this dangerous time together, people. Coming up. We're going to talk about murder. Let's take a break from coronavirus and talk about murder. Doesn't that sound nice? A little levity on Gary and Shannon. And I'm calling. Get up, get up, get up, move on. Get up, get up, what's taking so long? Get up, get up, get up, move on. Stop stalling. I'm calling. Get up, get up, get up, move on. Get up, get up, ain't nothing wrong. AM 640. Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Big news this morning was that Elizabeth Warren officially dropped out of the presidential race. Um, she decided that, uh, you know, the old, there was no path forward, no path to nomination. So she has said she's not going to endorse, at least not yet, Joe Biden over Bernie Sanders or vice versa. However, those two guys have both come out with effusive commentary saying, what a strong fighter she was and true example of uh, what you can be when you put your mind to it. What a strong gal. Would they use the word strong if they were talking about a man? Probably not. Probably not. All right. Chris Ann Carlo has been covering the murder trial of Robert Durst today, and it was another colorful day as Deputy DA John Lewin continued his opening statement, I'm guessing. Right, Chris Ann Carlo? That is exactly right. You know, yesterday kind of lagged a little bit in the afternoon. It seemed as though the thread on this thing got lost a little bit. It was like kind of watching a sequel to a uh, a good fighter movie, you know, like the, the, the hero's already won. He's already bagged his guy. He's already proven he's at the top of his game. And, you know, maybe it, the movie starts off with a montage of uh, all the greatest things that he's done since beating the guy. It's like, you're the best around in the background. Things are fantastic. And then he just kind of like loses his pace at some point, right? He, do, he just doesn't have his sauce and somebody comes and trips him up or, you know, maybe he's winding up for a punch and just waiting, waiting, waiting for that punch to land. And I think that's kind of where we were yesterday. And then the punches started landing today. John Lewin uh, opened up this morning with a bit of levity, talking about how he's walking out of the house. The dog comes up, his, uh, licks him all over the place. He has to change his suit. Then he puts a tie on. He can't remember if that tie was from last week or not. He doesn't want the jurors to see him wearing the same tie two weeks in a row. He also thinks it maybe makes him look fat. Then he says, oh, I don't care. And he gets a nice little chuckle out of everybody especially as the uh, defense attorney um, 
chimes in and says, well, maybe that was the technical difficulties that caused us to start about an hour and 10 minutes late. So a little bit of levity starting off, and then we move right into the heavy stuff. And uh, it, right away, what Lewin d- does, because we left on a cliffhanger last night about the, the reopening of the murder trial in New York City as, um, as Robert Durst is thinking he's in the clear on this and also we're finding out that he's been paying money to susan berman to kind of keep her on the quiet well now we find out that uh she has threatened robert durst basically saying offhand hey by the way you know the police came to talk to me we had a conversation as a way to get him to get more money for her because she was financially distressed because she had lost all of her money and uh and she needed to cover some expenses with the landlord that she was renting this house from in benedict canyon and uh and that set in motion basically a plan for robert durst according to lewin and he uh he lays out this big long road trip that uh that durst would embark upon and he flies out for example Durst had a, uh, a home in Northern California up by Eureka. So he flies out to San Francisco, flies up to Eureka. He has a Ford Explorer that is on standby for him whenever he's up in that area. Uh, he goes, picks up the keys for the Ford Explorer and says he's only going to be up there for a couple of days goes off the radar. He has no credit cards that he's using. He's not using his cell phone. This is the year 2000. He had a cell phone then. And, uh, and he's effectively just uh, nowhere. Well, they did the mileage between the last time that Ford Explorer was serviced, which was just a couple months before that, and when it was sold, which was just a couple months after that. And they calculated based off the fact that Durst never drove that vehicle unless he was there and he'd only been there for that one trip, that there had been about 1,500 miles put on that uh, on that car in a very short amount of time, which roughly works out to driving all the way down to Los Angeles. And then driving all the way back up to San Francisco and then going to the ticket counter in the middle of the night and buying a plane ticket, which he never does on a red-eye flight, which he never does to get on out of California where a crime has just been committed because it was just about a few hours earlier that Berman had been found or had been killed. She hadn't been found yet. That, of course, circles back to the opening of yesterday, at which point Lewin says, I know it seemed like a month ago, but no, in fact, it was only about 24 hours ago that I was telling you guys about the scene when Berman's body was discovered. And then he gets into the medical examiner's report saying that it had been at least 24 hours, that the uh, gunshot had been less than an inch away from the back of her head, that it had been a 9 millimeter gun. They found the casing, but not the gun itself, that she had opened the door willingly, even though she was a paranoid New Yorker who never let anybody in. She let this person in and she turned her back on that person just for a moment to check on her dogs. And that would be the moment that she was shot and killed. And Lewin says it was Durst. You know, you're really good at uh, trial reporting, Chris Carlo. I don't know if we've ever had you on a trial before, and I... I need two more sentences, Chris, but popcorn's not done yet. I know. I was so good. Sorry about that. No, you guys want to hear about... uh, You guys want to hear about Durst when he walked in today? Yeah. All right, so I was was watching him very carefully. Oh, by the way, so I'm... Uh, just a little bit of backstory. Um, there was supposed to be an email that was returned to the courts, and it was never returned to the courts. And so, because of it, I've had to like enter this lottery to get into the courtroom. Uh, and I've won the lottery two days in a row because I'm very lucky. But otherwise, I would be in the overflow room. So that's part of the reason why I got these details. Uh, so, with that said, yes, 
Durst walks in like a very old penguin. I, I've realized that's what he walks like. He walks kind of like a, like the penguin in Batman 2 when Danny DeVito was the penguin, but in sure. super slow motion. And he just kind of waddles in. And, uh, I mean, man, he looked a really old man today with the pants hiked up basically uh, well above his belly button. Of course, no belt. He's wearing a light blue blazer, a disheveled white shirt. Uh, uh, a white shirt, by the way, which is clean and almost matching his skin tone. His eyes sunken back. Of course, those blue eyes. Uh, even robbed of their color and just that tussled hair of uh, of an old man. He looks like he's 95. He's not. He's like 77. He's, he's Joe Biden's age, but he looks like he's ancient. And uh, as he sits down, what I noticed him doing yesterday was writing continuous notes to, uh, to his defense attorneys. And he takes this yellow tablet and he takes the yellow paper, he rips a sheet out and he folds it into thirds and he starts writing on it. And I, I found that interesting because... If you look at the infamous cadaver note, and if you look at all of these other notes that they've used to uh, look at his handwriting, often there is a very methodical way that uh, that he writes on it or folds that that sheet of paper. And I was just like, I wonder, wow. I wonder if this is a nice little connection here between the two. Mm. There was also a moment where. Uh, the where Lewin was describing, I, we I wish we had more time because there's this whole other case that they brought up, which was the the killing and dismembering of Durst's roommate in Galveston, Texas, or room boarding house mate in Galveston, Texas. Now, and so he's that's that's yeah. the one where he said he didn't kill the guy, but he did cut up the body. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, just very quickly, this guy moves in uh, next room over. Uh, they become fast friends because they, they both hate everybody. And uh, <laughs> as they become friends, Durst had been in hiding. He had been pretending to be a mute woman, and he had assumed the identity of a, a grade school mate. Uh, and so he is pretending to be a mute woman. He finally comes out to this guy. No, I'm actually a guy. And then over the course of their friendship, the guy realizes, oh, this is a wealthy guy from New York City. And then he starts to say, hey, why don't you just buy a house for me to live in? At which point Durst grows un- uncomfortable. And now he's trying to weasel his way out of the uh, out of the relationship. And then he realizes that this is a loose end. And so the way that Lewin tells the story is that Durst goes out for a run, comes back to the apartment, finds this guy in his room, and they get into some sort of altercation. That guy had a gun, and the gun went off, or Durst had a gun, and the gun went off and accidentally shot the guy. The guy was dead, and Durst said, well, i got to dispose of the body because people are naturally going to think that I killed him as a homicide. And so he cuts the guy apart, and he describes this as he does in the jinx, right? So they play that segment, and I'm just looking at the jurors, and there were like five or six jurors, and their faces are contorted. (laughs) And, you know, it looks like they're – it looks as though what they're watching right now is – one of the ugliest things that they've ever watched and you could tell right there that was a moment meant to just sink in with their own words the sort of character that he was through the television screen to the jury oh my gosh this is such a good one we're Uh, gonna have good fun with you chris yeah it's gonna be a good story great stuff thank you so much appreciate it of course guys tech talk when we come back to gary and shannon
<laughs> KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. That's Bottom not going to go well. <laughs> <laughs> Which part is that? What you... Play it straight. At the bottom of the hour, we yeah. are going to have the L.A. County Public Health Director, Dr. Barbara Ferrer, <laughs> on uh, to talk about a coronavirus update locally. She'll be on at 50. I do have an update. They did announce four more cases. Officially? Yes. Uh, their official news release came out. L.A. County Department of Public Health confirmed four additional cases in L.A. County. All the additional positive cases are part of a group of travelers who were in northern Italy, Gary. What did you do last weekend? I didn't go to northern Italy, you if that's what you're asking. You were at a house with people who had just come yeah. back from northern Italy. Turns out, not the right part of Italy. Oh. I hope. You don't know for sure? No. But I didn't touch anybody. That's the key. There was no touchings. Tech Talk. The machines are getting smarter. This is Tech Talk. Brought to you by Skynet. Well, speaking of, uh, speaking of dirty, Mark Saltzman joins us. <laughs> yeah. Nice segue. Hey, Thank you, guys. You're welcome. Um, we've been, um, just about every topic we've been somehow been able to mix in some coronavirus and, and safeguards yeah. to keep yourselves healthy. One of the things that I bug my kids about all the time is make sure you don't take your phone into the bathroom. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Gross. Yeah. (laughs) Well, according to a 2019 report, 88% of adults bring their phone to the bathroom. And that's those who admit it. All right. So probably everybody does, even though you may say 12% are liars. Yeah. And speaking of which, on a related note, experts tell us that your the average smartphone has 10 times more bacteria per square inch than a toilet seat. So maybe there's a bit of a correlation there. <laughs> We're such a uh, gross yeah. people. <laughs> it's this, look, this is a device that we touch about 220 odd times a day, right? This is a, a, a phone that this is a, a device. We never leave our side that never leaves our side. We never leave the home without it. So as a result, no matter what we touch on our body or elsewhere is, is going back onto the phone screen. So yeah, with, with this uh, coronavirus uh, scare going on, what better time to talk about a little phone hygiene? <laughs> so there's three things you can do. One is keep, your, well, keep it out of the bathroom. Let that, let's say that that's a given, but that's not my in my top three. One is to keep your phone clean by regularly wiping it down at least once or twice a day if you can. Uh, use a microfiber cloth. Don't use Kleenex or anything like that. Uh, actually, don't use Kleenex because little bits will break off and it can get caught inside of the ports and things like that. And don't use a paper towel because it's actually too abrasive for the, the screen technology. So use like a special microfiber cloth or, you know, one of these like um, these kind of cloths that you can wipe your windshield with uh, no problem. And then use an antibacterial spray. You can buy ones for tech products. One that I like is called Woosh, W-H-O-O-S-H. And it's a little bottle that you can actually have on your keychain and you just give it a little spritz and then clean it off. Um, but don't use rubbing alcohol or even window cleaning solutions because that'll eat away at the screen and the oils on the screen. So not a good idea. The second thing, Gary and Shannon, 
is to have a case on your phone because at least it minimizes how much you're touching the back of your device. Yes, you're touching the phone case, but uh, definitely have a case on the back for more than one reason, right? Because for when, not if you drop it. But it also helps to keep it clean, say the experts, because your fingers are not touching the glass on the back of the phone, which can keep the um, keep the uh, uh, the um, you know the the dirt and all that on the phone itself longer than if you touch a plastic or silicone uh, or leather uh, case that, that that goes off a little bit faster. And then the third is to obviously wash your hands on a regular basis or keep a keep some baby wipes in your car or something like that. And just especially now more than ever, uh, that'll help reduce some of the problems. Uh, I've we bought my daughter a phone sterilizer. It's a little thing that you plug in and you put this thing. Yeah, you put your phone in there. Light. Those things mm-hmm. work at all, or is, did I just waste money? Yeah, so those are called UV lights, and there, there there are special lights that are meant to zap your electronics. I I've read about them for years, and, and as a journalist, I've been pitched about them for years, but I I don't really have a way of knowing if they work or not. I'm not going to like rent a microscope and see if it actually did its thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can use uh, these special uh, lights that uh, allegedly can, can, can wipe your, but I think, I, I don't know who's willing to do that. I mean, that's, that's cool that you bought that because, you know, that shows that you care about it. But I think having, uh, you know, just washing your hands, keeping um, some wipes uh, and uh, like a microfiber cloth uh, nearby is a good idea in the meantime. So I think that's all you really need to do. And just, you know, maybe you don't need to play Candy Crush while on the can. Yeah. I'm just oh, saying. That's a good point. <laughs> that is a sad, sad place. Yeah, but it's really a, it's a, it's it's a, a thing. true story. Yeah. Mark, we it's appreciate your time. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, guys. You bet. Mark Can we Saltzman. isolate that? M-A-R-C. That is like so indicative. Underscore Saltzman. Mark Saltzman on Twitter. That's fantastic. <laughs> So we have really old penguin. Um, don't forget, you're the best around from Chris and Carla. Oh, <laughs> Our guests have really brought it. Yeah. Remember yesterday with Steve Gregory talking about Occupy and the porta potties? And- Steve's coming up now, isn't he? Isn't Steve coming up? Oh, right. Yeah. Steve's cool. coming up. We're going to be talking about uh, price gouging when it comes to coronavirus. Let's stuff. get it. Cause when you do that thing right there, flipping your hair, baby, I swear. I don't think you know what you're doing to me, you got My heart keeps giving a beat, you're not close enough, so that space between you and me, let's lose it. The way you're dancing, swaying to the music, girl, that's Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Elizabeth Warren quit today, she bowed out of the Democratic presidential race. She uh, called her staff early this morning and then held a news conference with her husband and her dog, Bailey, next to her side uh, and explained that she wasn't going to endorse anybody, at least not yet, which means that she may be waiting for that nod to come in that she wants to be the uh, vice presidential nominee, candidate, I guess. Well, California Attorney General Javier Becerra today is talking about price gouging tied to coronavirus. Steve Gregory is on it, joins us now. What is this all about, Steve? Well, you know, the last time this happened was during wildfire season and a state of emergency was declared. Basically what it does is it puts protections in place. It says, listen, businesses, you cannot raise prices in the state and during a state of emergency. And if you do, you can't go over 10% of the typical retail price of that product or service. 
And Becerra wanted to make that point and wanted to make it very clear that his office will not tolerate that. And, uh, you know, we asked him what kinds of complaints he was getting. Have, have complaints been coming in already? And what have consumers been telling him? I've heard numerous reports of runs on toilet paper, uh, obviously uh, hand sanitizers. I would imagine masks. Uh, we have uh, gotten some secondary reports from uh, health care providers that there is an increase in pricing for their products that they use to provide services to their patients. Uh, all these things we'd have to, again, uh, acquire actual evidence so we could take action. And he's talking about the fact that not only uh, does this law protect consumers, but it protects businesses that are trying to do the right thing. So like a clinic that needs to buy masks or some sort of prescriptions or something like that, then that law also applies to vendors that supply uh, those kinds of products to those companies. You said that this is specific to the state of emergency declaration. That, that correct. That this is tied into that. I didn't realize that that was a thing. Yeah, that's one of the that's one of the byproducts of the state of emergency, and the uh, price gouging law goes into effect. And it, it's only technically it's only in effect for like thirty days, and then if there's something where there's like a cleanup procedure or something that's ongoing, it can go up to one hundred eighty days. Then after that, then they have to uh, the state of emergency. Then. The price gouging section of that has to be renewed again for another 30 to 180 days, depending on what the governor's office directs. So if the governor's office says, yeah, we're going to stay in a state of emergency for a while. So as long as the state of emergency is in effect, then the price gouging law is in effect. And we've been seeing a lot of online things, of course, yeah. that that are I don't think they would necessarily qualify for this. Like, for example, if I go on eBay and buy a five gallon drum of hand sanitizer sold by Bob. Right. But Bob in Chino Hills is not subject to this same this type of thing. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that question came up. In fact, a reporter had asked specifically about Amazon. Right. So what about all this stuff on Amazon? And Bezos, uh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great. Well, no, no. It, the reason I said that is because I was looking at my notes because Becerra says, listen, no one is immune from this. The problem is online vendors are hard to track down and they're probably in another state or another country. That's a tough one. But then the question was, so if there was evidence in play that showed Amazon was compliant or complicit in this, then you're going to serve a search warrant or a subpoena to Jeff Bezos? To which yeah. Becerra said, yes. Oh, stop. So no, he's not. Right now I'm looking at Amazon, and uh, first of all, a lot of the Purell uh, comes with the tag of currently unavailable. Um, but there are some some Purell products available, like two spray bottles that look about, oh, I don't know, 10, 12 ounces a piece, and they are $55 <laughs> together, uh, two 8-ounce Full sanitizer pump bottles, $49. Yeah. Um, well, the statute right now covers uh, what they call major necessities, lodging, food and drink, emergency supplies like water, flashlights, radios, batteries, candles, blankets, uh, temporary shelters, toiletries, plywood, hammers, and then medical supplies such as prescription, non-prescription meds, bandages, gauze, alcohol, not the Shannon kind, but the medical kind, and then antibacterial products. The Shannon kind. Is that kind? It's, it's true. No, it's descriptive. 
It's descriptive. You're just getting me back for making you talk about porta potty sex yesterday. I know, because you know I got in trouble yesterday. Did you really? Oh, good. It's about time. I don't time. think you it's did. It's about time. Really? It's about time? <laughs> Jeez, if you only knew. Uh, well, our coronavirus man, Steve Gregory, on the case. Thank you. We appreciate it. You got it, guys. Take care. Uh, I mentioned earlier today that if you feel like you need hand sanitizer and there is none in your store, you can make your own. Um, with rubbing alcohol and aloe vera gel, World Health Organization actually put out a handmade hand sanitizer. They suggest you only use it in an area if you don't have clean water or medically grade, uh, medical grade sanitizer. They're, the bigger thing is wash your damn hands. That should be the takeaway from all of this is wash your damn hands. But two to one ratio of rubbing alcohol to aloe vera gel. So if you want two five-gallon buckets of rubbing alcohol, mix it with one five-gallon bucket of aloe vera gel, and then you can add some essential oils or whatever to uh, to make it smell better. I also need to mention this. Tito's Vodka has been put in the position of warning people you cannot use Tito's Vodka as hand sanitizer. First of all, why would you do that to Tito's? Why would it's you fantastic. waste it? But people have been using it as uh, for their homemade hand sanitizer. The key is it's got to be 60% alcohol. Yeah. The rubbing alcohol in your bathroom is probably 99%. Tito's is only 40%. It's not effective or it's not effective enough. It's not effective in that arena. Right. It's completely (laughs) effective in, say, vodka cranberry. Maybe uh, vodka soda with a splash of cran. Moscow mule, something like that. I mean, just, just spitballing here. All right, coming up next, this is new for our show for KFI. We, starting today, are going to have a norovirus update. Coronavirus. What did I say? Noro. Damn it. Although, you never know, it may happen. (laughs) Dr. Barbara Ferrer with the Los Angeles County Public Health Department, the director, is going to join us and talk about where we stand in L.A. County when it comes to coronavirus. Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We've been following a story, of course, Elizabeth Warren has decided to drop out of the Democratic presidential race. She has not, as of yet, endorsed Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden. Both of those two men had uh, some pretty significant and happy, positive comments about uh, about the senator from Massachusetts, though she's got a Get back to work, of course. The Senate did approve the $8.3 billion measure to help tackle coronavirus. It's going to go to the president's desk for an assumed signature coming up soon. And uh, South Korea is really sort of at the forefront when it comes to testing for coronavirus. South Korea has said that they will be testing 10,000 people a day. As a comparison, Japan has only tested 2,600 people Since uh, in the last two days, I guess it is. I don't know how much information I believe coming out of some of the countries, but when you think about how much money they're losing uh, with tourism and and things like that, you know, Uh, 
we've got a cruise ship, another princess cruise ship off the coast of California now. We should know by tomorrow what those tests reveal, because remember, they said they just needed hours. They were going to helicopter the tests in. It's off the San Francisco coast now, and they were going to helicopter them back to Richmond, which is right there, to get the test done. And so we'll see. So far, I think 21 people aboard, 10 Passengers and 11 crew members are showing symptoms because they were on the voyage from San Francisco to Mexico where that one passenger got sick and died yesterday from it. And, and the thing is, with 20, uh, 2,200 people, how many are on the boat? There's a chance you're going to get 20 people with a cold or flu symptoms. I mean, that's not necessarily a, a huge thing to be concerned about. All right. Uh, we're going to do this uh, every day for the foreseeable future at about one fifty. We're going to be talking with Dr. Barbara Ferrer, the L.A. County Public Health Director, about what's going on with coronavirus and the reaction to it here in Southern California, specifically in L.A. County. Dr. Ferrer, thanks for joining us. So we have some new cases here today, huh? Yes, we do. And and thank you so much, Gary and Shannon, for inviting me on. We do have, we announced four new cases today. Uh, This wasn't really a surprise to us. We had a group of travelers that traveled together to northern Italy Yesterday, we announced that three of the travelers were positive, and today we announced that an additional four of the travelers were positive. They were all together in Italy. They were in a group that uh, included some Europeans. Four of those Europeans are also positive. So this is a known cluster with a known exposure. So not a lot of concern coming out of your voice there. Uh, no, I mean, uh, you know, always, I mean, you know, people are getting sick, and even where it's mild illness, it's it's a little bit scary for folks right now. We have no medication specifically designed to treat this uh, virus, and there's no vaccination. So we understand why people are scared. But we do, what we don't have here is community transmission, sort of where we can't explain where somebody might have picked up the virus. And we had anticipated knowing uh, that this group traveled together and knowing what, what you're already all talking about, and I think accurately, is that if you're in very close contact with people who are getting this virus, you're very likely to get the virus as well. How are we equipped in L.A. County in terms of testing kits? If somebody feels like they have the symptoms or the beginning of the symptoms, can they go to a hospital or an urgent care? Or what, what's the protocol there? And, and what level should people be at before they take that step? Sure. That's a great question. So I'm just going to start with, you know, a plea, which is please, if you only have mild illness and you don't need to go to a hospital and particularly to an emergency room, please don't go. Uh, we, with more illness and us being in the middle of flu season, we really can't afford to have uh, mildly ill people or people who have no symptoms of illness at all trying to get into our hospitals uh, and see a healthcare professional uh, when they don't really need to. If you have questions and you're a person, uh, particularly with underlying health conditions, and you start feeling ill and you think you've had an exposure, what we suggest is that you call your health care provider. And if you don't have a health care provider, call 211, and they will connect you uh, with places that you can go, uh, the places you can call so that you can ask your questions and determine whether or not you do need to be seen. I also want to say I'm so sympathetic. I know 
everyone at this point would like to get tested. Uh, even if they're asymptomatic, they want to they want to be tested. You know, did I get this virus? Do I have this virus? And I, you know, I want to uh, remind people that uh, if you're asymptomatic, there's really no reason to be tested uh, unless you're part of an investigation where we've determined that you're a close contact to somebody who we know we confirmed already has novel coronavirus. And that's best left up to providers and our health department to figure out. We only have one lab in LA County right now that's doing the testing and that's our public health lab. And while we have no shortage of reagents to do the tests, it takes a while to run the tests uh, and we're only one lab. So at this point, we really have to prioritize making sure that we're testing people who are critically ill and we need to get a diagnosis uh, and or people who have had an exposure and are ill and or people who are close contacts of people who are positive. So we want to make sure that our lab is able to prioritize those most in need of, uh, of having a test and then uh, using those test results to help us with a containment strategy. I do want to reassure everyone that, you know, within the next few weeks, commercial labs will be offering this test. And then, then you know, I think providers can work with their patients. Uh, and again, you know, you should never get tested unless you need the test, but providers can work with their patients and it might be a lot easier uh, for a much, uh, a much broader group of people quick, to, to be tested. A quick last technical question. What does a test kit consist of? Are you doing cheek swabs? Are you doing blood draws? How, how is it working? So the test kit is actually sort of the reagents that the lab will use to test the specimen. The lab specimen is something that's collected at a provider's office uh, or a medical facility. And it's what we call, these are, are generally swabs and, and people may swab your throat and they may swab your nose. And for some people, uh, they may try to collect sputum uh, from a productive cough. Uh, that's all determined by the provider. So that's the lab, that, that's the specimen, and that has nothing to do with the lab kits. What the lab kits do is they have the reagents that allow you to run a lab test on a specimen. Got it. All right, doctor, we look forward to these conversations. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Barbara Ferrer, L.A. County Public Health Director there. And again, we're going to do this on a regular basis and probably every day at about this time we'll get updates. Um, you can also follow on Twitter L.A. Public Health at L.A. Public Health. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard. This summer, we'll be traveling at an altitude of approximately two feet in a brand new Nissan. We invite you to enjoy the available panoramic views, premium seats in all rows, and connected tech while avoiding baggage fees, layovers, and neck pillows. So fasten your seatbelts and enjoy nonstop routes to summer because the best way to travel this season is in a new Nissan. And now is the best time to buy at the Nissan 4th of July sales event. Save up to 3500 on the 2020 Nissan Rogue or get 0% APR financing on 13 models. Nissan, innovation that excites. For well-qualified buyers, 3500 on 2020 Rogue consists of 3000 cash back and 500 bonus cash. Available on purchase. Must purchase from new dealer stock. See dealer for financing details. Call 1-888-858-8319 for offer and safety information details. Offers in 76 2020